Anthony Alcock, Chief Information Digital Officer of British Airways, has over 20 years' experience in delivering multi-million pound complex change programs. Here Anthony's advice on using big data to help develop a coherent strategy. He stresses the importance of a single point of truth for the data and the confidence to use it. Anthony's top three tips for delivering the strategy be bold in ambition, have clear accountability and ensure collaboration throughout the organisation. When trying to get a strategy to land, you need to focus on no more than three clear messages that resonate with the whole organisation, keep them simple, repeat them constantly and tailor them to the audience. Welcome to this episode of Implementing Best Practice in Business. We're here to help you and your organization understand and implement global best practice to help you face the business challenges of today. Join me, Richard Farrow, CEO of APMG International, in talking to leaders and practitioners who have applied these frameworks and practices to boost their productivity. They're here, willing to share their knowledge and experience to help you learn from them so you can do the same to make you more competitive in today's market. My guest today is Anthony Alcock. Anthony has been a digital leader with over 20 years experience delivering at the intersection of business strategy, IT and transformation. He's worked for a number of household names. He's defined and executed multi-million pound complex portfolios and developed a global team that's necessary to succeed whilst establishing and maintaining board and executive relationships. Quite an achievement. But his his business passion is to drive business value from IT-enabled change. Yep. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Richard. So tell me, with, with all the changes there are in the world, how can you actually develop a coherent strategy when so much of the business environment is continuously changing? Yeah, how do you how do you focus and and actually zero in on something? It's a, it's a really interesting question. I, I think, you know, strategy for me, setting out a, a vision and a strategic intent of, of kind of the pivot, the North Star of, of where a company or, or where a functional department wants to get to. But I think you're right. There's so much that changed. So one thing that's for certain is, you know, changes, changes, uh, it changes life. Um, uh, and therefore, whatever your kind of strategy is developed, it needs to cater for change. You know, the simple things that you can do. Uh, and what, one of the tools that I've always used is just simple SWOT analysis. You know, I think always going back and just refreshing kind of your strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats as an organization, which takes into account that kind of changing, uh, you know, macro or, or micro kind of changes within the organization or outside of the organization. I think equally, I'm a big fan of the, the pestle analysis. Again, just looking outwards in. And it, it, I guess it depends also where you're, Functional, your businesses in terms of its life cycle. But for me, you know, it's something that I do, you know, at least once a year, just, just refresh it, just have a look. Things change, you know, and particularly through COVID, we've seen that, you know, organizations, companies have had to fundamentally pivot their, their, um, their business models to be able to respond to market conditions. So, you know, I think having simple, simple statements around strategies, you know, along the lines of, you know, we want to kill the competition is a great strategic intent. Uh, but the reality is, there's going to be lots of things that hit you that that, that distract you from that. that I mean, that, that's that's a fascinating comment. As you say, it's, it's very easy to have that one liner, that headline grabbing strategy. But when it comes to the execution and the delivery of the strategy, you know, you've worked on some some major programs in the past. So, what would be your top three tips to embed the strategy into an organisation and make sure 
it's actually executed rather than always just discussed? I think for me, keep it simple. Um, I think always focus on kind of three clear messages that you want to give through that strategy. Um, repeat them constantly to all of your stakeholders, whether that be the board, whether that be your, your peers, or be it, you know, the organization. I think, you know, driving collaboration as well through the organization. So it's really difficult to do a strategy in isolation because there's so many different people that are impacted by it. So I think, you know, a sure, a surefire way of, of seeing whether your strategy is landed is, is actually going deeper into the organization and ensuring there's a consistency of language. Um, you know, keep the, keep the message simple. I think, you know, it's, it's credible to say that you can only hold seven things in your head at any one time. So, you know, trying to get a strategy and a strategy to land, you've got to synthesize the message to something really simple. So, you know, taking the Della Soul song, you know, three is a magic number. So uh, as you write in a strategy, think about the three most important points you want the board or your colleagues or your stakeholders to take away with them. Yeah, so that's interesting. But with, with the growth of big data and the volume of information that's now available, does that actually open up more choice or does that help us to clarify and narrow the choices when you're developing the strategic plan? Yeah, the organizations you worked with must have been awash with data. But how do you make sense of that and actually put it into your succinct strategy? Yeah, review it and realign it at various times. But aren't you overwhelmed with information? Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, ever more so now, there's more data um, that you're learning about your organization, but actually more external data you can bring in to help make decisions. I think for me, it's it's kind of thinking about this. It's, it doesn't matter how big your data is. It's what you do with the data. So I think having strong analytics capability uh, and mind correctly, you know, structured in the right framework. And I think equally, you know, be clear on the questions that you're trying to answer because you can drown in the data nowadays. Uh, and I've seen many companies kind of drowning in the data, not being clear on what the strategic imperatives there are that, that they're trying to answer. Um, and equally, you know, how do we start to drive better decisions across the organization using that data. So so for me, it's not necessarily, you know, how much data you can ingest. It's about what you do with the data you've got around you. And from that, you learn, and then you ingest more data. And and it's your experience that people believe the data, or do they still want to come back to what they believed intuitively, even though the data is telling them otherwise? Yeah, I, I, it's a great question. Um I think it depends and it depends on the, on the people that are using the data. Um, you know, I, I think business sometimes can be led by ego uh, and gut feel. And sometimes that's okay because that's how businesses succeed. Other businesses, you know, more diligence around the data, using data to drive insights. I think for me, when I've delivered da data strategies and data frameworks, you know, for me, having the gold standard data, just be clear, single source of the truth, identify those, um, systems of record that you want to pull the data from being clear about the quality of that data and actually if you get to that then you shouldn't be you shouldn't be in a situation where you're challenging different data sources so having that clear data architecture clear governance that underpins it and then leveraging that data to make clear decisions i often read about when organizations want to effect major change you might need to sort of replace the existing leadership team because they're sort of anchored in the old way of thinking in your experience, you've probably worked with new teams and you've worked with existing teams. Is there really much difference or can a leadership team actually introduce a new strategy and deliver it successfully? I think, again, it comes back to the strategic imperative. What, what are you trying to change and why are you trying to change it? And I think if you've got 
a join up at the, at the leadership team and the executive team, the need to change. So the burning platform, if you think about Cotter, um, is really important. I, I think equally, you know, as Drucker said, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, and there's some truth in that as well that says actually you fundamentally need the right culture to drive the change. So I think, you know, at the top, making sure that you've got alignment in terms of why you need to change the pivot of a new strategic direction. I think then you need buy-in and getting buy-in means collaboration. Um, so, you know, I don't think it's true of the fact that you need to replace your leadership team, whether that's a functional leadership team or, or an executive business leadership team. Um, but equally, if you've not got people on board and, and don't see the need to change, then you need to make change within. But, you know, you work some for, for some pretty large organisations. How do you get that message right the way from the board through to, you know, the guys, the team on the shop floor? How long do you think it takes you to get that message through the organization so everyone is on board with those key points and the way the business is moving? Yeah, I, again, I think it comes down to circumstances. You know, if you're making a strategic change because it's do or die, e.g. the survival of the business depends on it, that becomes really easy to cascade a message. You know, we must we must take cost out of the organization to survive. That message you can clearly drive into the organization to, to the bluntness of if we don't make change, we won't survive. I think if you're making a more subtle change, e.g. you're changing your product and you're moving into a different market, sometimes that can be a bit more difficult in terms of why we're changing. You know, what's driving the change? Is this about, you know, the future growth of the business? Because fundamentally, people in the organization will always look at change in terms of what's in it for me. How does this impact me? You know, does this change what I'm going to do? Does this give me job security? Do I believe in the change that's been made? So I think, you know, making change in an organization can go anywhere between, you know, immediately, e.g. days, to months, if not years sometimes, in terms of changing uh, changing the culture of the organization, creating alignment. I think for me, it's the consistency of message. I mean, I've seen many in an organization, you know, cascade a new strategic direction, you know, build in a transformation plan around it. And, and two failure points for me is one, they keep changing the strategic direction so people get confused. There's no consistency that, that goes on. Um, and equally, um, in terms of them resourcing kind of the transformation program that will sit behind it. So with any strategic change, you then need to embed that strategic change is actually not resourcing it. So sometimes you have heroes that, you know, fundamentally passionately believe about the change and they take that change so far forward. But actually, if you've not got the, the mechanism beneath that to then to continue to embed as it go down, goes down the layers of management or the organization, that's really difficult. And I think finally, I'd probably just think about, you know, how do you make it real for people? So talking about big corporate strategies and what that's doing to the P&L and what that's doing to the bottom line won't switch on some of the people in the organization. So you need to cascade, you know, the message to, to somebody that might be further down the organization in terms of what does it mean to them? And sometimes it could be as simple as, just come to work and smile because that's all I need you to do because that will help us embed you know, the change that we're looking to make. So you've, you've been involved in a number of strategy execution programs and projects. When you look back over your experience, you know, what are the two or three things you know now that you would have loved to have known on the first execution? Great question. Um, I think be bold and ambition would probably be number one. So I think sometimes, you know, you're defining a strategy and you're almost just, you know, you're trying to see what's happening in the organization. You're trying to play to a number of stakeholders. You're fearful of overcommitting. But actually, sometimes that, that overcommitting is the thing that moves you forward and moves the needle. So having a bold ambition, sometimes even if you don't meet the ambition, actually getting close to that ambition is sometimes good enough. 
So I think being bold, definitely in the ambition of strategic intent. I think having clear accountability as well in terms of how you're going to execute that strategy. You know, a strategy can be led from the top, absolutely from the CEO or the chairman or the board. Um, but equally, you, you, as I said before, you want engagement from within. So you've got to think about how you deploy that strategy and make it real for people. Um, and equally, you know, finally, probably getting buy-in. And, and that's really difficult. Probably the most difficult part of a strategy is getting buy-in to that strategy because you're taking different opinions. And to your earlier point, you know, you've got to think about are you using data to help um, justify the strategic change and, and prove out that that's the right direction? So how do you test the strategy? And I think getting people's buy-in to that can be incredibly difficult because you're dealing with different people that, that you know, engage differently in different ways. Some people are data orientated, some people are kind of more feeling orientated. Um, so I think for me, you know, be bold, um, think about how you're going to embed that change uh, with clear accountabilities of how you want to cascade down. And then most importantly, just make sure you've got your stakeholders. The worst strategy in the world is where you're out leading it and you've got nobody behind you. <laughs> yeah, what was it? The guy that's running naked through the shopping centre and people following him as a leader. <laughs> but if he's alone, he's a fruitcake. Exactly, exactly. Brilliant. Anthony, many thanks for your time. I know there's a lot going on in your day job, so thanks for finding time to talk to me. And uh, hopefully we can speak That's again. That's great. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thanks. Thank you for listening. We're always keen to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can find all the information in the show notes below. Please visit apmg international.com to find out more about our accredited training and the certifications that support them that are related to the topics discussed in this series. I hope you've enjoyed today and I look forward to you joining future episodes while we continue our exploration into best practice and the benefits it brings to global business. Thank you.